the Everyman Podcast. The Everyman Podcast. Big dog, Daryl Campbell. How are you, my brother? Bro! Blessed. Highly favored. And with my bro. Faux show. Blessed. Highly favored. Great day. Great pod. Mm. Another mm. week, another pod. Mm. And I'll tell you what. We got another good one here. Our good friend, Chance Labrie. Of course. Chance, of course, the drummer of Falset. And now he's joining us in his capacity. Just did the did a solo record with his with his father, James Labrie from Dream Theater. Shades of Grey, everywhere, available. Stud. Where digital music is sold, May 20th, by Inside Out Music. Mm-hmm. Excellent record. We've talked about mm-hmm. it. You've heard our, our interview with James now. Now you get to hear what it was like for young chance to step in uh, to quite frankly, big shoes to fill for the drummer behind James Labrie and mm-hmm. uh, how he knocked it out of the park. Get some updates on uh false set and what's going on with them and their new music, which their new single is out yep. everywhere. Digital music is available, which is linked below uh, in the show notes here. So whatever app you're using, hit more info and, uh, or swipe up. If you're, if it's Apple, hit the three little burger dots. If it's Spotify, burger dots, view the show notes, check out, Chance and Falset, their new single. Um, I'll tell you what, I love what I'm hearing. We talk about that. And we talk about some of our favorite things. Of course, Nicolas Cage comes up. Because yeah, why not? Bro. It's the fucking summer of Nick, okay? Yes, it is. Nick is back on top, baby. And I'm here to cover it uh, with, with the every man and the every woman and my big dog, Daryl Campbell. Now, the yep. other thing is, we're talking life in general and just kind of philosophy in and out and stepping into projects and having confidence in yourself. And that's, uh, you know, that's what it's all about being positive, being intentional and uh, doing your thing. So with, uh, that being said, bro, let's hop in to the canoe, jump in and kick it with our boy, Chance Labrie from Falset and drummer for James Labrie. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Chance Labrie. What's up, bro? Not much. How you guys doing? Doing good, bro. Listen, stressed and blessed. That's my new. That's my. That's my thing right now. I'm. I'm stressed and blessed. Stressed, however, I'm still blessed. I like um, it. You know, a lot, lot going on. But uh, you, my friend, have a lot going on. It's been a little bit since we had you on the pod. What's uh, what's been going on up there in the great, uh, the great country of Canada? Lots is going on. You know, the new music with my dad's coming out and new music with fall sets coming out so it's really cool you know for me at such a young age it's cool to have like one project releasing music but to have two awesome projects mm-hmm. being released within the same two months slowly releasing singles at the same time it's pretty pretty damn cool i'll yeah. tell you that yeah. and, you, and, and you're like you're producing now mm-hmm. getting getting yeah. involved in all, all circles so we'll we'll talk about fall set here in a minute let's uh you brought it up here last time we spoke you were telling us about being in the studio with your dad, who, of course, uh, is James Labrie, uh, frontman, lead singer, vocalist, everyman podcast alum, uh, and who we had on this podcast last week talking about this album. Um, you were telling us about re- recording with your dad and how how weird it was to be you know, in the studio kind of running the, the sessions and mm-hmm. recording with them and um you haven't had a chance to to listen to it yet but you know we had this conversation with uh with your father james about that process and how interesting it was for him to be you know on the other end of it being kind of produced by his son what was it like for you you know not only just obviously i want to hear about from it being your dad but he's also like a 
seasoned pro top dog in his game and to get in there and just kind of swim with with the sharks like you were i mean there's some some real deal uh veteran musicians on that record so what was that like for you it was cool you know i th- i think uh you know he's a seasoned pro and stuff but to me he's just my dad so working together just like father and son you know work doing yard work together sort of mentality like just getting it done um and he's he's been telling people you know i was brutally honest with him which i'm always like oh shit i guess i was like I guess I was brutally honest with him. I don't recall being brutally honest with him, but I guess I was Just the truth. But yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess a lot of people while working with my dad, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Cool. That's good. Move on. But I'll be like, no, no, dad, dad, remember this, like one line you hit on this one song and back in the archive of this album and, like do, do do more like that and i'm just like brutally honest like what i want to hear from him and stuff and he's like oh yeah yeah it's a good idea or you know whatever it may be at the time but yeah we made a good team and it was cool too because um afterwards we'd you know be having dinner and just shooting the shit over dinner talking about it and then facetiming paul the next day uh working on the album together it was just it was a cool bonding experience for sure father-son bonding and uh, a lot of fun and i think already with the uh the reaction from people on the first two singles that have come out i think there's definitely going to be another album from us so i'm already like looking forward to doing another album with them and we've learned a lot from the first cycle so i think the next one will be even smoother and better nice. and and i'm not gonna lie like there definitely were times we you know father and sons were both hotheads there were some times we you know, we're button heads a little bit in, in, in this very room, you know, I, I wanted either to, me storming out pissed off or him storming out pissed off. I wanted to ask yeah. you about that because, you know, my, my dad, uh, well, obviously he'll, he, he loves this, he loves this pod, but, uh, he loves the music that your, that your dad makes. Um, he's enjoyed when you're on and, you know, I've gotten to make music with my dad over the years and you mentioned like getting hot, like it's like a running joke. Like anytime my dad and I get together to do anything, like any task, it could be like getting, getting something into a vehicle mm-hmm. and it's just like, we can escalate it all, all the way up oh, yeah. to the, you oh, know, yeah. nuclear war, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, a, when, it's, it's just like, it's like, no, my way's better. And it's like, no, I'm the old man. I know. And you're like, yeah, you are old, you know? And it's like, <laughs> and it's just yeah. this never ending thing. So yeah. it's good to know. It's not just me. Exactly. Is when you're working with other people, you're a bit more like, okay, okay, right. whatever. I'll I'll let them take this one. But when you're working with family, it's just like, oh, you know. Yeah, I it's don't weird. Know. There's like this uh, weird caveman gene that comes out about like yeah. showing. You know, well, there's just no holding back. You know, you're just so you're the most comfortable with your family, so you right. don't need to be polite and all that crap. You just say it how it is, and then sometimes that uh, doesn't go according to plan. You know? Yeah, you're not worried about sleeping in a van with your dad right now for you know, with the with the band like you are you're yeah. trying to trying to get everybody happy. Yeah. Um, what did you learn? It's cool though, because like you guys, you gotta you gotta be, it's, it's gotta be pretty neat just because you guys create some really good shit that way. Like you know what I mean? Like even though you guys kind of butt heads, you know the 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 finished product. Even after you're like ah, it's yeah. like it's freaking awesome. You know what I mean? And and for the most part, we were getting along and being, you know, efficient and productive and happy and having a good time, laughing about it. You know, yeah, that that two way street thing. That's pretty yeah. cool. Like, that's awesome. Well, yeah. that's something you'll have forever too. Yeah. You know, the, the the music lives. Even if you know, you said people 
have really liked it. And I told I told your dad this on the pod, and I'm you know I always tell it how it is you know with with music, and I've told you I've talked to you about falsehood and what I like and things that I don't quite not that I don't like, but it, where it's not my thing or the, you know what I mean. I'm I always give a, a straight opinion on it, and that the that record. Uh, Shades of Grey really hit me in a lot of different ways than I was expecting and I knew he had because he had told us early on like oh wait till you hear this like it's really something and uh, I said like it it provided this whole new dynamic that felt so in a groove with was what was natural for his singing and just the songwriting like it just felt like a real band you know yeah. not it didn't feel like uh a side thing. It felt like a real, a glimpse into like, especially his, like some mm-hmm. of his rock based influences outside of metal and prog. Yeah. And, and he's, it's cool too for him to, uh, because at his age to continue to show new sides of who he is musically. That's impressive. You know, Absolutely. most people by the time they're in their fifties and they've been a musician successfully for decades, they've shown every aspect that they have to offer. And this album is something different than he's ever done. And it's really well done too on top of that vocally. So it's cool to like to see all the comments from fans being like, wow, I didn't expect this. And it's an awesome job. Well, from James vocally and et cetera, et cetera. It's really cool to see that at his age, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Um, The other Uh thing. (laughs) The you other, know what I mean? Though. Oh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm no, just busting no, your no, shit, brother. Absolutely. He's um, my old man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, come on, give me a break. Um, yeah. the, the other thing about it that I thought was really cool was that, you know, a lot of times when I, when I play dream theater music for people, they say like, oh, I love it, but the, sometimes the vo- it's too intense. It's up here. And I, I always say, well, like, listen to the music. There's only one thing that you can do like you got to go above that. Like there, there's got to be levels. Otherwise mm. it doesn't work. Otherwise we get lost. And there are other bands that have tried that. And it's like, it's not the same thing. It's like kind of like Iron Maiden. You look at Iron Maiden, you're like, well, there's a reason Bruce Dickinson works so well in this music or Meshuga, one of my favorite bands. Why Yen's vocals work so perfectly. By the way, have you listened to that new Meshuga album? You into them no. at all? Dude, are you into Meshuga? Well, I haven't like ever really been a fan, but I do like them. Oh, oh dude, you, I think it. I think it happens to everyone, every drummer at some point. You'll, yeah, you'll just one day. One day you wake up, you're like, oh my god, what am I doing? This is yeah. This guy's got. He's got it all figured out. Um, yeah. But definitely check out the new Meshuggah record. But but anyway, good. my point is like hearing James more laid back. It was added a whole new dimension to his vocal style because it wasn't. It was just. It wasn't Dream Theater, and not mm-hmm. and I love I love Dream Theater just as much as anybody else possible. But so that was what I really enjoyed about it was like I love I love his vocals here, and now I get to hear it like this. It's like uh, you know, getting your your cup of tea served a different way. Yeah, for sure. And you you, you hear some of it like on some tracks of Dream Theater, but not to this extent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's yeah. a whole album. Yeah, I, we, we told him, I, I can't wait to uh, hear the whole thing. And, um, you know, we were we were graced with a early review copy of it. And uh, we've put, put it's out there, you know, uh, our thoughts on it are out there with, with the interview with uh, with James. And uh, I'll tell so you. So you did, you did get to hear. Oh, yeah. Whole. Yeah, dude, nice. I've been listening to the whole album. And, and, and you know, 
uh, on our road trip, we're, we're, I, I actually st- I was listening to it all like every day, and then I stopped because I realized I get in this thing when I get n- new records, like they they kind of imprint on like a time for me, and there's certain albums that like I won't go back to because it was just like too much. I had too much weird personal baggage associated with like. I don't know, like a particular Kings of Leon album or something like that. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So like, I'll just yeah. like, ah, I'll avoid that. And then anytime I hear it in a bar, I'm just like, oh, mm. never mind. You know, but it's just because I have this deep <laughs> attachment to music and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're getting, we're doing our road trip and I'm saving it now. Uh, my, my, my obsession with it to listen to as we're driving off to Texas, because I, it's got the perfect, I want to be driving into the great state of Texas, listening yes. to, uh, listening to my favorite Canadian father son duo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, do you have a favorite song? So, I don't have a favorite song yet. I love the, and I'm pretty sure this is going to be out there, so I don't want to say it. But the the electric version of uh, Devil and Drag, like that, like that's an easy one to say. It's great. Like, yeah. But that song awesome. is sick as it is. But then yeah. when you hear that, it takes it to, and I think James said it's going to be on the record. Um, but yeah. but the the electrified electric guitar version like it fucking rips and like mm-hmm. the the organ in there like it's it reminds me of I and I've told James this like one of my favorite Dream Theater songs in the last couple of years has been Viper King because it just is like don't take this in a wrong way Dream Theater fans but it's like a little silly it's like tongue in cheek it's reminds me of like Van Halen or you know like hot right. like it's it's not goofy like weird out it's just like it sounds like a couple of 20 year olds wrote it and i enjoy that yeah, it brings you a bit you know more light lighthearted yeah kind of tune yeah you know and it's about driving fast and what like yeah i like seeing that side of dream theater mm-hmm. i like that side of his vocals there and some of it that you know devil and drag that reminded me of that um but uh yeah that was really that was killer i, I really yeah. i really like that I just like how you, both of you guys complimented one another. You know what I mean? Just because it's 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 pretty fascinating to for for James to kind of let us know that like he's showing this different side, right? And he wants the world to see it, but it's almost like an evolution of his vocals and just his presence on a record that you have you've never been a part of. And is you like whenever I look at things like that, I say like, okay, what's different? What's new? And then I'm like, oh, his son is on there. Yeah. And he's he has you know more of a lead interaction with him and he's and it's it's when you, we say dynamic duel we say like you know I, I like to use this praise like my power animal or whatever it is that you can pull out the gems in you and I kind of I really believe that you know what it is that you brought to the record and then you know your interaction with your dad and even like you say like that those moments where you guys kind of clash you 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 pulled something out of him him out of you and mm-hmm. it, it just resonates man yeah. it's it's really cool so devil and drag like everything that we we've sampled like it's 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 awesome to see ev- and hear and listen to evolutions like that because to me i'm a producer so like for me it's it's all about stories and there's a lot of feels in what it is that he's saying and it's a, mm-hmm. there's a lot of feels and and how everything just kind of like becomes coalesced so i'm i'm all about it man right yeah well thank you man yeah and paul paul really did a, a great job with the riffs like setting a mood and setting a vibe you know yeah it's uh that definitely helped the vocals shine through because yeah. it just created an awesome foundation as yeah. well you know yeah. well, and you know anybody that plays that does anything musical with james labrie is going to be compared to and you know john petrucci 
And it's like, because rightfully so, when you surrounded yourself with world-class talent at every level of the group for 30 years, just about, Mm -hmm. you become... Well, that's that's why I was... You know, so like, have it, but like, but you're like, yeah, but then there's like, listen to this guy. Like, it's crazy. Like, he's so good. And because it's acoustic, but then you hear the, and that's why I keep going back to the electric version of it. Like, when you listen to that, you're like, oh man it makes you want to hear that made me want to hear more of this band is yeah. uh, like, okay, I've heard this now. Give me more of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, when my dad originally brought it up to me and he said like, Paul was the one to rec- uh, first bring up like, what if chance wants to do this album with us? And then yeah. my dad asked me, I was freaking out because of that. Like my dad's only ever worked with the greatest drummers on the planet. So then all of a sudden he's going to work with me who's just there because I'm the son of him and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I got to do a really fucking good job. And, uh, I think I did. No, I'm really proud. You definitely did, man. If if these were, if this was a progressive album, I would have said no, because I wouldn't have done as good of a job as Mangini or Peter will doer or Portnoy. Did yeah, how dare you? How dare you not do a good job as good a job right. as those guys? Well, I would, I would obviously, right? Because they're the <laughs> yeah. here. But when my dad told me and showed me these songs, I was like, I know, I can do these songs justice, like hundred percent, right. because I'm the kind of drummer that plays for the song and to the song and to mm-hmm. the riff. And yes, I add a bit of color on top, but for me, just being in the pocket and providing that strong foundation. With a bit of color on top, that's the kind of drummer I am. Whereas some of the other prog drummers, they're more about just the color and then the foundation is sort of seconds, you know? Absolutely. I got to ask you a question. How much more motivated were you that you know it's it's your dad too? Because I know like if there are certain things that like if my dad says, hey, son, I want you to be a part of this, there's like that little, I don't know, this this little thing you're like, fuck yeah dad like you know like you, know, you just like want to give a little bit more did you did you have a little bit of that in there too oh yeah hell yeah yeah of course because like yeah. i uh you know i always say like oh my dad's just my dad but at the same time i've listened to all of his music since i was a little kid and i've loved it and i've been a fan of it yeah. so for me to be a part of the team releasing music i was like oh okay this is this yeah. is like a highlighted moment in my life oh you know? yeah dude that's oh, all. Yeah. Well, I'm my, sure. my dad's in uh, construction, so like whenever I remember the first time he asked me, "Hey, Dad, uh, son, I, I'm going out to the site today, and I'm going to need to, uh, you know, take care of this roof. Uh, you mind helping me?" I'm like, like "Fuck, yeah. where are my boots at? I'm going. Yeah. Let's let's roll." Like, yeah, yeah. hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. I yeah. wanted to kind of talk about you as a drummer here for a minute. Um, you know, you talk about drummers that have been, you know, playing with with your dad and you know, the best in the world. And we've had a lot of the best in the world, you know, whether it's Mike Mangini, of course, Blake Richardson, Matt Halpern, Naveen. Uh, let's see, who else? <laughs> Kenny Arnoff, you know, um, some of the, the best from all different genres uh, of, of recording. And I've, as someone who's a student of drumming you know and, and always gotten into breaking down drummers and when you've listened to drumming as long as i have at this point and 
done it for so long. You know, my wife will say to me, like, how do you know, like, the next thing that's going to happen when you hear a song for the first time? And I was like, well, you just get to a point where you just know there's only so many possible things you could, would plug into this because you're right. like a work, you were a working drummer at a time and you know, like, okay, this mm-hmm. is what I would do here. And you, the longer you, the longer you spend engaging with, I would assume just like the NFL, like you watch the great ones and you study them and you find out what was Warren Sapp doing with his feet all the time. Like you, you hone into the little tiny little details and what is Mike Portnoy doing in a time like this? What is what was John Bonham doing in a time like this? And you know, when I was listening to the record at first, I was saying to James like, I always listen to stuff like in a bunch of different ways. I listen to him in the car, listen to him while I'm working in the background. Then I'll give it like an intense, focused listen. And you know, first I'm listening to the vocals. Then I'm going back through. And one of the last things I did was like, all right, I'm going to really focus on the drumming here because in falsette. It's hard for me to listen to any kind of progressive bass drumming and not just think about all of the space in there because I'm like I'm of the overplaying tree versus you where you're on that fundamental play to the strength. So I was always trying to fit my shit in. And as I've gotten older, I've understood how that's good and bad. And it works for some things where it doesn't for others. But then you can have guys like Mangini who can do it all somehow. And it's like, yeah, just it hurts. But mm-hmm. My point is, you know, I'm always thinking like, oh, yeah, you could just throw all this stuff in here. And then when I listen to something like Sturgill Simpson or something laid back, I hear all the space. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's really these are that's how you use that space. And when I'm listening to, to you on this record, there were so many spots where like I you, you would do something like an accent after a fill, like a splash or something. And just the way you did it or a choke and then onto the onto the next thing with your right hand. And I was like, ah, those are real veteran thought out spots that like the average listener, you know, and again, I'm really digging into the weeds here of drumming philosophy, but yeah, like the average listener is, is, is going to just kind of skip through that. Whereas like when I hear that, I'm like, ah, my the son of Matt Halpern over here, you know, like those are, are, those are, I hear choices that are made by someone who sat there and thought, okay, I only have so many spots to, show the difference between Chance Labrie and a drum machine. What right. am I going to do here? And mm-hmm. and you pick those spots and it was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's my guy. So I uh, I really enjoyed it. And don't take this the wrong way at all, but I enjoyed listening. I don't know if it was the combination of it's I know your father and I know you and I project my relationship with music with my dad onto that. Or what? But I got so much enjoyment, more enjoyment, I think, listening to you playing in that style than with falsette. Because in falsette, there's so much other stuff going on, and I felt like I could just like really f- focus it. Not and and dude, I love falsette. Like, yeah, I, no, I, I'm not taking that I mean? the wrong way like, at all. 100. I, I just I felt like the I don't know if it was the way you approached doing this because you like you said you're like wow I've got to you know I got to live in this world now and. I would think as, you know, someone who's now had this experience, like when you go to now work with Falset, I would think you'd have a different view on it because now you've had this. It's like, I guess, Daryl, like in college football, like you play in a bowl game and you have the media hype and you have all the extra cameras and the extra people and shit. And then all of a sudden you playing in the NFL on Sundays. You're like, I kind of I kind of get it. Right. Like you've you've you're 
now you, you're in this different world. 100%. You know? Um, yeah. I'm, one, one thing that really made me, uh, you know, go into that album and just like all my drumming stuff and, and not try to like overly spice it up, I don't know who said the quote, um, but I'm sure you've heard it before, but the beats you're not hitting are just as important as the beats you are hitting. And the accents you aren't hitting are just as important as the accents you are hitting. Like all that space is literally just as important as this space that isn't there, right? It's, it really is so true. And um, ever since I heard that, um, at a young age, I started to really just like focus on the drums of everything I was listening, like Dream Theater, System of a Down, like even like poppier stuff, like uh, drums to actually like top 20 pop songs. I'd be like, what are they doing there? Um, and then with all this stuff I was observing, I would also think about, okay, what would this sound like without the drums there in my mind, right? And then bring the drums back in and be like, okay, like, so they, they really want to accent that. There's a, there's a similar thing right there in, in this, uh, this repetition where they didn't accent it with the kick there. So they, they hit these two uh, kicks. They didn't do it there. So they gave it space there. And I just started like really noticing how drummers, uh, uh, they chose uh, what, what was important to accent and what wasn't important to accent. And that was really what made every drummer their own sound. And then I just sort of took that and brought it into my own music. And with this album with my dad, like you said, it's, it's different than anything Falsett's ever done. Um, it really allowed me to, uh, you know, uh, take on uh, my own sort of like way of doing drums. Like with with falset, a lot of this stuff is like, you know, Zach's coming in and being like, I was really imagining this here and this kind of beat here. So I sort of have to go with that a lot of the time and go with that direction. But with this one, it was sort of like, just here's the song and then I would go away with it. Right. So it was it was cool in that sense. And even, so we did this album last year. There was some songs we were finishing up with Falset afterwards. And it, I did have this sort of album rub off on me for Falset. You wouldn't hear it, but like, as a, you know, as me working on the song, I felt it, you know. I was just like, I'm going to give this a little bit more space here. And I'm going to do this here because I did a feel similar in this one song for my dad, you know. So it did rub off on my drumming in all other areas for sure. Good. Awesome. I got I got one more question for you on the working with your dad, and then we'll talk about the the real star of the show here. If you could like go back and tell yourself the one thing about this project to yourself at the beginning of this, like his advice, what what would you have like? What did you glean most out of this? Um, it's going. I would I would tell myself don't stress it's all going to turn out amazing because I, I i know like coming into this i was really worried and i just not just from like my drum parts but as a whole i was just like hey this is something my dad's never done this is a band my dad's never worked with i'm coming into this now and I, there was just all these factors i'm like uh-oh 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 like so i just wish i would have chilled out and enjoyed it a bit more at the start that makes sense. Funny. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. Now, mm -hmm. we, we talked about it earlier. Falset. Now Zach's been on the show with you. You've been on the show. You're 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 like climbing up there in the uh, yeah. the, the guest now. I think this is. I'm gonna be number one. I'm gonna be you're gonna number be number one. one. Number yeah, one. yeah. I think this is uh, like three or four now. Um, 
and then we got to when we got to bring Zach back on too soon. But um, a couple weeks ago, you, you sent me like, "Hey man, new single." And I'm looking at it, I'm like, "Medulla, what the fuck?" Yeah, you know, what the hell is this? You know, and it made me think of it made me think of the water boat. He's like, uh, "Mama said alligators angry because they don't got no medulla oblongata." You know, like right, dude, and, people have said that thing. Yeah, and it, you know, that's I mean, that's maybe that's my age, but um, he sent me this track, and I'm listening to it in bed, and uh, my wife was like brushing her teeth or something. She came back and she said, "What was it? What was that?" I was like, "Ah, oh, Chance just sent me their, this new track," and she's like, "Wow, that sounds like really." Like really good, and not like and again. Not it. She, she doesn't listen to everything. That we have a lot of the same interests where like bands we're into. But she'll hear stuff sometimes that like because a lot of people send me stuff they're working on, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, you never know whose thing I'm going to be listening to at any. And it's always weird times, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's heard a variety of call it call it demos or whatever from a whole bunch of people. So. She was like, wow, like she was, wasn't sure who it was and it could have been any number of people. And, uh, she was like, wow, that sounds really good. And, um, I would think that's who you're going for is like, you want that, the people in the middle, you know, that are, that are, that Mm -hmm. are going to take it. And, you know, I've played it for my dad and the, this new track, like the production on it is crazy. What's who, who tell us about that? What's going on with Falset? How'd you do that record? Who's doing it? What's the deal there? Um, so Matt Thomas from California, uh, there was this band called Kingdom of Giants that, uh, we listened to their album just cause it came on our release radar on Spotify. We're like, Oh, this is, a, this is a dope mix. Like it's huge sounding, very punchy. And at the time we were like looking for new mixing engineers for our stuff. So we actually reached out to this guy and he was down to work with us. He was from California. So the, then the guy that mastered our album was Mike Kalajian. I don't know how to say his last name, but that's it. He he owns uh, Rogue Planet Mastering, and he just brought it to the next level. Um, yeah, we wanted we wanted a super polished, punchy, incredibly big sounding album, and that's what we got. Yeah, definitely got that. And I was, I, that. you know, I have a joke with my friends. We see something; it doesn't matter what it is, and we'll be like, "Ah, oh, that looks expensive." And I, I I heard this and I was like I was listening to it on headphones later on I was like mm, this was expensive this is yeah. real this, <laughs> this is this is a real deal uh, uh, real deal uh, engineering work you know and it's funny like people there's a perception now that like oh well anybody can just like home studio laptop fucking right. Misha Mansoor and it's like actually no like no. you still need to be a pro, a seasoned pro to make things, the difference between like, yeah, everybody has good tone now, but like Mm -hmm. there's difference between, you know, like when we did our record with Jamie King, it's like we learned, I learned more about just music, not even like recording, but just, I learned more about music in like 14 days with Jamie King than I had in like years of private instruction, just because he's been through it all and he's seen everything and he knew the best way to achieve the goals we were looking for. And like, that's what you're getting when you, when you take, you know, the, all the good ingredients that you guys have in that group. And mm-hmm. then you're like, you know what, we got to get better knowledge in here, you know, but right. you got to get better experience in here. And knowing that like, you can't do it all on your own. Cause there's the desire to just do it yourself forever. And again, listening to that, that single, it's like, Oh, there's, there's a step, there's progress here, you know, from, I remember, shit, 
you know, I don't know how long ago it was, but before I even knew you, uh, seeing like a, like, oh, this is on some dream theater, I'm not even going to say forum, um, and uh, people are like, oh, look, this is a, you know, Chance, Chance's, you know, James's son or whatever, and I was like, oh, okay, you can see it was like a younger kind of band, I was like, ah, it's not, I don't get it, and then, uh, then your first album that came out, you know, when you first came on the show, and now this, I was like, whoa, there's a big, yeah, uh, and it's like, again, when you're working with James Labrie and opening for Dream Theater, if you don't learn how to be better, like you're not going to make it, you know what I mean? So yeah. I would, I would expect nothing less than for you to have made huge strides in the last year. It's uh, it's really cool. I sent that to Daryl. Well, thank to, you. Daryl, what'd you think mm-hmm. of that track? I thought it was awesome, man. And again, I'll echo the, the big sounding, you know, um, yeah. but I'll also, I'll also echo like stories. Like I'm, I'm huge on stories. I'm huge on, you know, all elements working together and, yeah. you know, working together well and seeing like the level, the levels increase from, you know, um, your last project to this one, you know what I mean? Like that, right. that to me is, you know, I know you were, you were talking before about like how, like, you know, before like, you know, COVID you see all the bank accounts like this. And then and now you're like, it's just skills, like it's going up. Everything's yeah. at an incline. And exactly. um, I really also the, the the one thing I love about like having these discussions is I learned, I learned so much more about like just the nuance that's involved in the business and the in music and, you know, what it is that you think about, like, you know, choices, like when to, when to actualize and when not to, and how that is both equally powerful. Like to me, you know, it's, it's, it's an aspect of control. Like as a producer, like when I'm, you know, cutting features, it's just like, Hey, when do you, let this, you know, you cut the music out and just kind of let, let this natural moment breathe as opposed to bringing music, you know, underneath it or exactly. bringing, you know, All sound the dynamics, right? Yeah. And, and like, you can just create something that's just beautiful. And I think, you know, that's, that's, that's where you are. That's where you've been. And, you know, when I hear you talking about like working with your dad and then, and now this new album and, and well, this new single and dude, it's just, you're, 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 you're diving deeper into who you are and you're letting people know. And, that, and that's the cool thing about it. And and I love being a part of it because I'm learning and that's super fascinating to me because um, it's always good to learn and just, yeah. you know, Hell yeah. gain more. Yeah. Of course. Well, thanks man. Yeah. yeah that, that song's sort of cool too. Cause uh, you know, at first glance, it's just like, ah, oh, this is like more poppy. It's more mainstream, yeah. but it's, it's a lot more creatively than just, that right. like it's it's almost like halfway through the song it's it, yeah. it's two songs in one it switches to a completely different vibe it gets you don't epic, hear anything dude. from before and then the rest yeah. of the song is just this different sort of end note on the whole thing right yeah and then end on a strong like rock vibe epic sort that's, of that's that's on that's, the floor yeah that's the best way i can explain it again like i said like my my, my knowledge base like isn't like yours or justin's but like the only thing that can it can i can a way i can quantify it is in a word like it 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 goes from it switches from one mode which is intense but then it goes like fucking epic like let's go seize a pirate ship like you're just like (laughs) you know it's like it's pretty cool man oh yeah (laughs) like johnny depp yeah dude yeah how great is this how great is this fucking trial have you been following this at all or seen any Uh, i see i see clips on tiktok and shit all the time it's crazy i so, feel so bad for him man like nah, i yeah, love dude. i love that man he's a <laughs> so, legend he's so a yeah, dude. yes he is so like let's just uh, the the preface this with allegedly you know 
allegedly. Now, look, he's clearly a troubled man, you know? He does not have his shit together by any means. Is he a drug addict? Possibly. Is he an alcoholic? Maybe. Is he a serial woman abuser? It appears not. No. When, you know, when they're talking about she shit in his bed, okay? I mean, here you have a an A-list actress shitting, physically taking a poop in Johnny Depp's bed as a sign of what? And it's like, what do you? Where do you go from there? And it's like, yeah. you know, in the trial they're entering it. Like he had like security cameras everywhere. Apparently, there's footage that was shown to the jur- of her pooping in his bed and her lying about. It. And it's like, yeah. And, and it's and like, her... what a commentary on the state yeah. of culture. Yeah. Not even the world, just of culture mm-hmm. that we're all watching this celebrity trial of this rambling, clearly troubled man who his biggest crime appears to be eating uh you know too many painkillers and ice cream and passing out and there's pictures yeah. of him like with like a fucking peanut butter briars like just yeah. completely passed out it's melted all over and it's like come on and, this and drinking bastard. and drinking mega pints of wine. <laughs> there was like there was one picture that was entered, entered into evidence it was like five shopping bags full of pot and like a thousand pills and like a whole what, bunch of cocaine and like what ri- state does he live in like oh i don't think it even matters dude probably he, apparently wherever johnny depp is the the rules do not apply you know yeah. <laughs> like, i think he was in california or florida no, i'm or just something. wondering if if they're like tough on weed there or not clearly you know? not clearly not clearly not yeah but they had to do the they did the trial in virginia or or mississippi whatever it is because there's some law that because the the photos were posted in whatever newspaper that they hosted the the servers in that state, so they could they could sue they could sue there, and uh-huh. uh, but the whole thing is just it's an embarrassment, and it's also it's a train wreck that I can't keep my eyes off of. Yeah, mm. I know it's mm. depressing. It's crazy. I feel bad for the guy. And then is it so? I overheard some stuff that he lost. Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. she wrote. She yeah. basically wrote a op-ed in the New York Times where she she didn't ever named him, but it was right after she came out saying that he had did all these things to her. Then she wrote this vaguely threatening op-ed accusing a past spouse of domestic abuse, and by the time that came out. Disney fired him and excommunicated him. He lost. He was supposed to be in those new Harry Potter movies. He lost that. Oh yeah, yeah. and then uh, like pretty much I, uh, everything. I remember. I, I I just saw a clip like yesterday of him saying that if Disney offered him like however much money, he would still say no because they fired him. You know who else was saying that recently it was Nick Cage, who's of course is well known, my favorite actor. Uh, is he? Yeah. Oh, by yeah. far, I think he's 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 uh, number one by far. But like, which which movie puts him up? Like, well, for me, it's, I'm multiple. glad you asked, Chance. Thank you for asking. Yes, of course. And <laughs> I think the thing about Nick Cage, we t- it's perfect for this conversation because we talk about dynamic range. And here you have a guy who could he can operate at this extremely passionate, dramatic level, like in 
Moonstruck with Cher. If you've never seen Moonstruck, and like I'm a sucker for romantic comedies, and I know what you're thinking, like Cher, the actress, yeah, she won a friggin' Academy Award for her role, and like, she's perfect. It's like she, it's like how Eminem did like one movie and it was fire. Yeah, Cher was like the OG mic drop, great movie actress award guy, lady girl. Um, Nick Cage in that phenomenal, super super dramatic. Then you have something like The Rock, okay, nineteen ninety five, Michael Bay, absurd premise, action over the top, completely ridiculous. Again, Con Air. Like, have you ever seen Con Air, dude? No, brother, do yourself a favor. Like when I was a kid, Con Air was literally on TBS every Sunday at some point in the day. (laughs) Like you could turn on TNT or TBS and you would see Con Air, you know, and it's basically the story of of a guy who's like an army ranger who gets out from war. He takes his wife to the bar. This is on the opening scene, by the way, takes his wife out to a bar and in the pouring rain has to defend her honor, ends up breaking a man's neck. Okay. He goes to prison. Writes his daughter every day. You know, can't wait to get out. He's been a good boy. All this stuff. And then he's like, the day he goes to get out, all right, he has to be flown on a prison transport. And a prison gang leader decides to hijack the plane. And it puts Nick Cage in a position where he has to, you know, break the law to survive. And it's like, is he going to break the law to survive to see his family again? Or go to prison, or is he gonna be bad and go on the run? You don't know. Con Air might be the quintessential Nick Cage movie. If you, right, I gotta check because it's, so, yeah. it's so it's yeah. so '90s and silly, but yeah. his performance is way over the top. And then like some of his recent stuff, like Mandy. Like Mandy is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like the cinematography and the music, the story, the everything in that movie is perfect. Uh, what was that one? Uh, light, uh, the colors from outer space. Remember that, Daryl, where they all yeah, turn into a big mush yeah. pot. Like yeah. he's just yeah. he can <laughs> he can do like and then like Family Man, fantastic family romantic comedy, Lord of War, one of my favorite films of all time. And it's like he can do like the best Academy Award winning dramatic performance or the most absurd premise you can think of like face off where mm-hmm. him and John Travolta swap faces physically <laughs> that's the whole you know what I mean yeah he's I can, there's no other actor that, that has that kind of range okay opinion. yeah because well, I, I thought I, you were completely joking when no. you said that but you all right I believe so you now. <laughs> I, 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 too, I too love Nicolas Cage and to me it just kind of comes down to this anytime you as an actor can come out with a movie about your life, but it's a movie and you're starring as your, your own person in the movie. I think nobody else can do that. Like there's, that's Mm -hmm. just hands down fucking awesome. And it's like, like, like blockbuster level. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like, but he, this all to say he got excommunicated by Disney and they like said, we're not doing any more national treasure movies. And it's like, again, who the fuck doesn't like national treasure? Like, if someone I meet and they're like, it's okay if you haven't seen National Treasure, by the way. That's fine. I, I've, I was super young, though. Yeah. Well, I don't mean, I just mean in general. I, every man and every woman listening to the show, like, uh, Brother Jay, you're coming with some very strong. Yeah. <laughs> very, very strong. Yeah. yeah. 
opinions regarding Nicolas Cage, and this is true. However, it's okay if you haven't seen it, but do yourself a favor and watch it. And if you are not mm-hmm. thrilled, if you are not completely entertained and enlightened, then I'm sorry. I don't think film is the medium for you. Maybe you're yeah. more of a book person. <laughs> All right? Maybe you're more of a book person. You know, maybe <laughs> book or consider yeah. a crossword puzzle. You know, long, it's just not for walks you. Walks along the beach. Yeah. You know, and, and nobody hilarious. nobody comes away from watching those movies and you're like, I don't want number four, five, and six, please. Yeah. Everybody wants a little history. Hey, Chance, who's your guy? Who's your guy? Who's your, like, favorite? Uh... Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Robert Downey Jr. Solid. RJD. Two two great uh, actors. They're they're my top two. Um, also, you know who used to like really annoy me for whatever reason, and now I love him. Who? Jason Jason Bateman. Really? He used to I have dude. He's hilarious, dude. Have yeah. you like, seen Arrested Development yet? Hilarious. Yeah, I've I've seen that. What do you think about Arrested Development? I thought it was hilarious. I, I didn't really like watch it anytime recently, but my parents and family like always used to watch that and I'd be around it's, and sit down and watch it. Dude, it, that show, hilarious. I'm still trying to convince my wife that it's hilarious and legendary, yeah. but like every single line in that show is like a joke on top of a joke on top of a joke. It's like hard to get into, but then once you get all the jokes and the references, like things, the arc of that story and the jokes go for years and it's, mm-hmm. it's brilliant and you can really see how it influenced a lot of... Uh, other stuff but i um did you did you guys watch ozark oh yeah i gotta watch the last i haven't seen ozark yet oh dude i haven't if you want yeah. just save yourself just like it. some stress and you I know what i mean it's it. stress it's like the it's like the most stressful show since breaking bad yeah it's great mm. i haven't watched this final half season yet so yeah. don't spoil it i, I, got, I, I gotta watch it yeah. i just i'm i've got so much going on last yeah. uh a couple months ago, I was out in Texas for, for a work trip and looking at towns and stuff, doing some early recon. And it was right when the uh, first half of the season came out. And I got iced into the hotel, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. The whole city shut down. And I was stuck in the hotel. Couldn't leave anywhere. Couldn't go anywhere. So I uh, ended up watching like the entire season in a day. And, like, mm-hmm. of it, and I just was like stressed and sweaty by the end of it yeah. so i can't oh my god it's, it's so like intense. every time they get them daryl every time they get themselves out of trouble yeah they're like they're like high five we did it and then it's just like nope yeah. and it's like now nah, you're double fucked Crazy. like and you're like how can they how can they continue to fuck themselves so See, the thing bad is like, i i can't like i like i know how I don't I don't know if stressful is the 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 like word to use. I I know that like Jason Bateman has that side to him where he can agitate you and really like with his acting depending He's like on the smarmy. role. Yeah, it it just mm-hmm. it like it it's you're like dry. Holy shit, man. Like it just like it feels like there's a whole bunch of pressure you know, when you watch. I, I feel like, like I didn't get him at first and now yeah, I totally Yeah, you know what I mean? It. Like yeah. like and then there's that other side where he's like super fucking hilarious and like just a goober and you're just mm-hmm. like dude like I can identify with that too, but like that stressful, like if Ozark is anything, like if Ozark is stressed and it's Bateman, like I'm like, I don't know if I can handle it. Man. Well, it yeah, it's, it's cool because he's like so serious in this, but yeah. his, his comedy side still like shines. But it's um, very, it's very, very rare. subtle. Like there's like two just, times where he cracks. Right? It's just yeah. his reactions to he, things that yeah. are funny. Yeah. He cracks a joke or it's like a one line response. Like, well, you told him, and yeah. you're like, ah, <laughs> but it's like so barely like, yeah. again, it, the closest thing it reminds me of is like Breaking Bad where you're just like, 
the entire time. Uh, speaking yeah. of better, uh, speaking of Breaking Bad, did you guys watch Better Call Saul? I started that when it started, and then I kind of lost interest. Should I? Is it worth revisiting? Honestly, it's it's I I loved Breaking Bad. It's like my favorite show to date. But Better Call Saul, if you stick through it, it's just as good, if not better, than uh, Breaking Bad. It's really? unreal. Okay. So good. Well, well so now this last season best, overlaps, yeah. doesn't it? Overlaps. Like, like oh, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think I think Walt yeah. is in it and Jesse's in it. Daryl, did you watch Breaking Bad? I did. Lord. I did. It's. Yeah. I remember watching that show. And get spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Breaking Bad yet in 2022, get your fucking life together, okay? Yeah, yeah that's a problem. That's a problem. When I'm yeah, watching that in like episode three, they're melting people. I'm like, <laughs> I'm in. It's so good, you know. And then yeah. and then like that's another one where they're like, they get into trouble, they get out of trouble. Oh, they're More ten trouble. times worse. And it's kind of yeah. like it's like that Seinfeld formula, but taken to the to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dude, it's, he was so like overly intentional with shit like like it's like if like like i sit here and like sometimes i i, I talk to seasonals about like what they want to do with their lives and like oh, i don't know like he goes from like okay this this one extreme to like the whole fucking like he just dives in and then it's like who is this dude who is this well, man and like oh you know i'd ridiculous. only ever seen brian cranston like i loved malcolm in the middle like that's one of my favorite that's a, shows. Yeah. That's all I saw him in, pretty much. And like yeah. I just one knew him Christmas a, movie yeah. as this like yeah right is this like w- super goofy basically asshole dad you know and uh, seeing him as Walter White was like whew. and then you yeah. go yeah. for that ride with him as kind of like boob dad to you know meth yeah Lord. well I I was just when I started watching that show and I I fell in love with it I was just like before I fell in love with it I was like why would they get Dad from Malcolm in the Middle right. to play this guy. <laughs> right. Like, why? But it made so much sense. Yeah. And they did a good job casting him for sure. Yeah. So much sense. Yeah, That's I mean, the stuff that great. like really blows your mind with actors and just like how specialized they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for them to like, you know, flip switches like that, you're just like, what the fuck? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, not to get political here, but it does the things that tell me that this is clearly a person who has the ability to switch something on and off like you're saying like i'm gonna just take them for their art and i'm gonna just oh yeah why would i listen to this person about anything other than like you know what i mean like i I don't know that they're totally there yeah yeah 100 you know i don't know if this is the best uh, role model but yeah there's dude and it's hard to keep up with like so many people like everybody keeps telling me i gotta watch yellowstone i mean you see my cowboy hat here in the back oh uh, there you go as i as i uh my wife and i move yonder to Fort Worth, Texas, you know, he's like, Oh, you're going to love Yellowstone. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm not really like a cowboy show guy, but apparently no. that's, that's great. And there's, but every I time used to I, watch, around, I used to watch the old like country classics with my grandparents and stuff, like but, John Wayne and stuff. Yeah. I just, I can't get into any like the new country stuff. I'm like, I don't, I have no interest in it. You know? I don't know if maybe, again, maybe I'm projecting, but anytime I see that stuff, it's a little too, like, this is not, I'm not the target audience for this. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little too sexy cowboy, you know, and it's like, uh, yeah. Are we talking for, about shows or just like movies? Just like everything. I feel like everything is just like some cowboy banging chicks, like, but it's like, it's like, it's supposed to be like, it's not for guys. It's like. Too romantic, dude. I, I can't watch too much. Cowboys Chance, you know what like I'm talking about. Yeah. Like if, it's, yeah. if it's not like Tombstone, like right, I want Corral, fucking 
dude, wider guys like yeah. yeah dude yeah i want like like somebody to like use a six shooter and Yo. shoot off everybody's hat you like, ever you seen know, tomahawk like fucking... oh, oh yeah dude bro yeah it's like yeah. somehow kurt russell made this movie in like i don't know 2016 or something like that and it came out of nowhere and like i had seen just like the, this one clip of like it's like these it's like basically about these guys going west and dealing with apache indians and stuff and they're just it's like just brutal fight scenes it's like, highly recommend i don't want to spoil it but you should you should check that out it's like raw ass cowboy stuff it's not like all pretty boy romance hallmark cowboys yeah i think the last movie that was sort of cowboy-ish was that i watched was uh cowboys and aliens Dude, that wasn't like at at the time that got shit on, but it's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, and then I'm I yeah. was just like, okay, at the at the time, right? I was just like, yeah, you know, I think I'm I'm done with the whole cowboy thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you go back and watch it, it's actually kind of amusing. Um, yeah. Did you yeah. see uh, the new Batman? I did. What yes, you it was good. I um, love it. I, I, I yeah. I I'm, thought it, it was very well done. The thing for me is that. Um, it's obviously going to be compared to every other Batman. And when it is being compared, nothing has beaten the Dark Knight yet. Like that one particular movie. It's hard so to, yeah, but for this me, is that, as close, that's I my think. Opinion. I yeah, think it's, it's as very close. close. And like, Definitely. dude, when it came out, so Daryl and I went and saw it. With it's the, the closest thing since then. That's for shout sure. out, yeah. Shout right. out to Jose. We went and saw it in IMAX. And I was thinking about it for like three days after we saw it. And then when it came out on HBO Max, I watched it like three times in one week. Like, and I kept and I was texting Daryl like like the second time I'm watching. I'm like, Daryl, this might be the best fucking sound in any movie I've seen in years. Like, the sound like I have a because we saw it in IMAX. And again, I'm a I'm a dork for these things. I live for these things. We went to IMAX be, particularly because I saw that it was mixed in the Dolby 10 channel. They have that support there, and not every theater has it. So I was like, oh, we got it. I want to hear this. And then, like, I have a seven-channel surround sound home theater at home, and then I get really dialed in, and I have all these knobs and shit and tuning things, and, um, like, I'm sitting there watching, like, God, this is so, like, it's next level, like, with the, with the people with sound bars are missing out. Like, I'm like, this is, this is crazy, and just the way everything was, uh, I don't know, I've talked about it at length recently, but they are making another one, by the way. They said they're, they're, nice. they're they were not gonna at first, but they're gonna make another one, but... Yeah, dude, I thought that was like the best thing, you know, in a minute. And I just, mm-hmm. if they could just get the Joker, Walking Joker, Phoenix. and this Batman just together. Get Phoenix. Just get Joaquin Phoenix you know, for the Joker. Give yeah. them as much money as I want. You know, the funny thing is, I've never seen, never seen a single minute of a Harry Potter movie. Never seen a second of a Twilight film. So I have no connection to either of those Twilight actors. you're not missing anything but no, Harry but, Potter but like is to like me when people series. when people were like and I'm sure it is I just never watched it and at this point I'm just like ah, I don't know I'm not I don't know when I'm going to go back to it yeah. probably when I have kids but anyway yeah watching like Robert Pattinson's Batman I'm just like dude this guy can fucking act man like yeah. <laughs> I'm not like thinking about like his like teen romance whatever the you know I just yeah. I had no I, this might have been like the first time I've seen it I was like dude this guy this guy fucking it's a good actor yeah, he's, slapped, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. yeah he's got yeah. chops he definitely has no, chops it was a great movie I got. I definitely have to watch it again because I, I remember I smoked something before I went into the movie but uh, clove cigarette yeah yeah, of course yeah it was yeah. it was good it was a good movie yeah, yeah it was good Yeah. I definitely. want the fucking Batmobile from that 
Dude. Like yeah. it was impervious to damage. He's Dude. coming through flames, hundreds yeah. of cards exploding in traffic, like ramping through fire. I think it oh, was the most, like it was the most realistic superhero ever. You know? Yeah, because he just pummels. And that was the other thing that I like when he when he took out his wings. Oh yeah, the wingsuit. Oh yeah. Yeah, I and was he, not expecting that. And right. I was just like, as if they actually got him to do that. Like Batman doesn't fuck up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Batman's <laughs> always <laughs> well, but see, this is. The other thing was, you're used to either seeing seasoned pro Batman, like all the movies before the Chris Nolan movies, and then like only Batman Begins was early Batman, and early Batman was perfect. Like he was still fucking things up. This is like Batman two years into it still kind of sucks. And it's like, it was like a different, like you said, like they don't usually show that. It's usually like world's greatest detective Batman. And like there is a scene when like, El Ratalata, like when Penguin's like, oh, oh, La Ratalata, like he's like, what, you guys don't yeah. speak Spanish? Like, oh, world's greatest <laughs> detectives. And, and then they're just like, Gordon and Batman are looking at each other like, fuck, we, met, we totally blew this, you know? Yeah. And it's like simple Spanish. And then like mm-hmm. versus like, you know, the, the Batman in the comics and the cartoons where he's like much, you know, he's like in his 40s and he's been beating up bad guys for 25 years. Right. I still do like his detective side though. Like when he's at oh, scenes, like, you never like that brooding. The, plus the that inner narration that they the had dialogue. never had that. Like we never had that. It just made me feel like the comic books every time. Yeah, yeah. I, was watching, I thought it was, was strange like, how he had uh, like a hundred different names for Batman in that. Eh? Did you notice that? Like there was there wasn't just Batman. There was Vengeance. There was another mm-hmm. name. For well, him. there was another name for him. See, but that was that's the like inner brooding thing. You yeah, know what I mean, like, and I I also think that is because like in the beginning of that movie that they he's like we also have a symbol now and it's the bat and like he's just i think he's just becoming the batman in this story right so i think he's still establishing who he is and when like i think a lot of times dude mainstream movies and this is this is why i felt so strongly about this batman movie was like a lot of times mainstream filmmaking storytelling is t- told in a very simple linear fashion because it's for a broad audience and you want everybody to be able to just enjoy it and then every now and then you have a movie like mandy or prisoners or nightcrawlers you know like some of these movies where it's like a deep psychological thing where you're thinking about it like the joker was like this where it was like what does this mean what did mm-hmm. i just experience and this took that Batman, and whereas these the Zack Snyder Batman movies were like popcorn Batman, like everybody can recognize this, it wasn't too deep. And I remember like Batman vs Superman when they're like Martha, Martha. It's like oh they're gonna stop fighting now because Batman's gonna all of a sudden trust this alien who has infinite power because their moms are named Martha. Like it was so dumb. Mm-hmm. Like I don't buy it. You know <laughs> yeah. he just built this armor suit with kryptonite bullets. To fuck this alien up that he doesn't trust, but now, oh, no, his mom's Martha. Yeah, same name. Yep. Gotta let him go. Yeah, he's gonna be fine. Yep. So yeah. I think, like, it, it it, it was a little bit deeper. And so, like, him saying that, like, I'm vengeance, I think they were trying to give you on, like, the lowest shelf, like, what is this, mo- what is his motivation? Because they did this, like, I thought for sure, I was like, when they said early Batman, I was like, oh my God, how many times am I gonna have to watch this poor bastards parents get shot you know like mm-hmm. it's like spider-man like i don't need to see uncle ben die anymore yeah, i get it if exactly, you don't know yeah. who uncle ben is or who what happened to 
Batman's parents, like just Aunt May. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. Like just, just. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job, and it was definitely the most realistic Batman out there for sure. I think he's like goth boots that he's like strutting around in yeah his hot topic boots that was the one thing i was like oh, i think i've seen those at hot topic but mm-hmm. yeah and the, the the makeup everything was was really cool like, i wonder if they have those in size 16s hmm. Daryl, i'd <laughs> love to not. see you in a goth <laughs> outfit can you imagine dude it'd be, That'd the, be great it'd be the, awesome the biggest be hilarious biggest I'd, goth. I'd, I'd be dressed like megamind it'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> with like a big skull Crotch piece, you know what I mean? Like, just oh yeah, dude, giant... like spikes coming out of it. Yeah, great. Hell yeah, that'd Hell be sweet. Yeah. Hell yeah. So we've been we've been talking, you know, father son duo. We've been talking falset. We've been talking movies. What's going on uh, with falset? What's coming up next? What's the best way to keep up with you? Uh, what's going on? Uh, new album in June. Uh, new single this Friday. Well, I get probably not. Depending on when this comes What's out. What's the date? But, What's the date? Drop the date. Uh, May sixth. May sixth. Perfect timing. Single, so by the May time 6th. by the time every man and every woman <clears throat> are listening to this podcast, your new single will be out and available. Awesome. And uh, yeah, we're just we're just getting you know I, we keep adding more and more of our songs to our set so we can lengthen up our set, and then we're ready for any show that gets thrown at us. We want to get into the states. We want to go to South America eventually nice. one day. Go overseas, but. We just want to start touring like nonstop, for sure. That's the best Love way it. to, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron and get get yeah. get the band together. Um, where exactly. can people keep up with the musings of Chance Labrie on social media? Yeah, uh, Instagram uh, at chance dot Cool, sweet, Boss. and simple. Um, listen, I've told you before, and I'll put it out there on the record. When you boys come through Texas. Got plenty of room for you, so I expect to see you guys. I'm oh, looking yeah. forward to it, and uh, you know, as always, brother, it's always great having you here and, and catching up with you and keeping an eye on what you're doing. And I know, uh, I'm sure I can speak for Dale. I'm, I'm definitely living vicariously through you and and some of the adventures you're having with Music Man. And um, mm-hmm. we didn't even, and, and, and I got to mention real quick, we didn't even talk about it. Sabian endorsed by oh, Sabian yeah. now. Congratulations! I know Thank that's you. such a huge mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, uh, congrats. That's uh, that's a I and know. Vader. Yep, Vader. Vader drumsticks. Vader drumsticks. Vader. Vader Vader. drumsticks Sabian. Shout out to Vader. Not yeah. Vader the wrestler. Vader bombs. It's Vader time. It's V A T E R. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Vader and Sabian. And next time oh, you yeah. come on, I'm sure you'll be sponsored by. Uh, you know, I don't know some vape company or something that be an, an energy drink or something yeah. like that. We'll, we'll we'll get. Well, I'm sure you'll be working on something. I, g- I gave up the vaping, guys. You know, yeah. Hey, you don't have to use it to to sell it. You know what I mean? You just right. like, hey. Actually, I should take that back so they will. Stay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I vape all yeah. day. And, you I know, vape yeah. I've got my I've got my I little vape? my jewel here missing my jewel pod. So yeah, yeah. it's it's okay. Nice. Every, everybody can jewel. Um, yeah. But seriously, man, always always good to have you. Thank you for coming and. Uh, We'll catch well, you thanks soon. Thanks you guys for having me. It's always good catching up with you guys. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Hell yeah. We'll see you cool. soon, brother. See you soon.